Former BSF freestyle coach and vice president of outdoor pursuits at the Yellowstone Club, Dan Licato schools us on the progression of freestyle skiing in Montana's special place in the Yellowstone Corridor. My name's Dan Lakatos. I am the vice president of outdoor pursuits at the Yellowstone Club. I grew up in uh, suburban Detroit, Michigan, junior high and in high school. I, I really caught the bug of skiing moguls and I had earned a spot to junior nationals, junior year in high school. And so that was the first time I had ever skied out West. Junior nationals was in Telluride. And so I uh, got out to, to Telluride and was just blown away. You know, it was a typical Colorado bluebird days, uh, snowed at night and, and powder bumps. And it was, I, I was, it was like heaven. I had a wonderful high school guidance counselor. I told her, Hey, I, I really, this is what I want to pursue in my life. And so I was able to go out to New Hampshire and I was doing remote independent study. I would ski all day. And then at, in the evenings, I would go to Plymouth state university and uh, go to their library and, and, and study and, and work on my, my homework. So as I was there in New Hampshire, had a phone call with my buddy, Brian Karen, who had gone to Breckenridge that winter. And, and Brian was just talking about how amazing the powder was out in Colorado. And so I, I kind of made that decision that I was going to leave the East and, and go out and, and train at Rocky Mountain. Anyhow, it, that was moving out to Breckenridge as, as an 18 year old kid, 94 or 95 powder magazine came out with a, uh, little areas that rock uh, article about Bridger Bowl. So I I sent my resume up to uh, BSF. So Bridger Ski Foundation uh, at the time they sent me something back and they said, we're, oh, "Yeah, we're looking for a mogul coach." And I'd never been to Montana and hopped in through everything in the back of my little purple truck and drove north. So I spent first couple seasons uh, here in Montana, uh, skiing Bridger, really getting immersed in the, the ski culture of, of Bozeman at the time. I'd heard about what was going on down in Big Sky with Yellowstone Club. Uh, I had, had a buddy, Luke Stratford, and Luke was uh, Yellowstone Club's number one first employee. I connected up with Luke that summer or fall, and I was doing some freelance writing Luke got me in to Yellowstone Club to write a story about what was happening down there. And so my friend, Travis Anderson, who's a photographer, he and I went down to the club and we're on the long winding road that goes by Oozel Falls up to the club. And you look out and there's these ski runs cut and there's nothing else around there. I was like, whoa, what the heck are these people doing back here? And we skied that day and there were eight people on the mountain. It, it was unheard of to have a ski area, a mountain into this uh, country club business model. I, I realized that I had to get back in the ski industry because that's, that's where my passion lies and that's where I thrive. And so came home and checked back in with the Yellowstone Club, brought my resume down and said, hey, this is what I do. How can I add value to the organization? And started in November of 2002. Out of eight people at that time, it's grown to over 300 uh, in instructors and um, support personnel. So that's the beginning of how I got to the club. You've got slope style, you've got pipe, you've got big air. 
in the past, when it first started, it was all wrapped into one in the late 70s, uh, you know, late 60s, early 70s. You'd be doing ballet and moguls and aerials all in one run. And that was, you know, the freedom of expression. And then the sport got uh, broken down into moguls, aerials, and ballet. And then International Ski Federation became World Cup Tour, got the Olympic berth. I think it was 92. They allowed moguls and aerials in the Olympics, and they changed the name from ballet to acro. And then that was a demonstration sport. And and then it kind of faded away, which I think is really kind of a a cool deal. It's, I liken it to like street skating or street BMX, you know, kind of just ground tricks and flat, but the Olympic committee didn't want another judged sport that was, you know, I guess similar to ice skating or or whatever. So Mm -hmm. that one got uh, thrown to the wayside and then it was dropped from world cup. And then you look at uh, the world extreme tour started happening, uh, world extreme extreme championships uh, in the early nineties and that exploded. So that took some of the freestyle skiers also away from, moguls and then just aerials and as that the sport progressed with moguls was you know as it is now based on speed and turn and air but there was this thing called spontaneous air that was where there were not any built kickers in the run there were no jumps and no landing pads you're you're supposed to take off on any random mogul and show your aerial prowess uh, in that regard. So what happened from there is the sport TV wise and, and viewership wise, it, they, it just seemed to make more sense to actually build kickers and build landings that were safe. So you're not sending people landing in the middle of a mobile field, they have actual landing pad. And that's where, you know, in Johnny Mosley's kind of era, he's a couple years younger than me, where you're starting to get guys off axis and get them upside down a bit. And the only way to, that was really plausible was with these designated uh, kickers and landing pads. So the sport, I, I feel, has kind of been with the advent of terrain parks and just there's more stuff to do. And there's the more free ride, more access to gear and to, to backcountry, side country or, or whatever that maybe the heyday of freestyle mogul skiing in aerials has passed us by a little bit. You know, I hate to say it as that's the, my core sport that got me into everything, but um, it's just the natural progression of, of any, you know, sport or activity. You know, the, the new, new guys coming up are, are reinventing what really is going to be the future. I'm a very visual learner and uh, more of a free spirit. So I think when you have a lot of athletes that are get stuck into an Alpine program and they're, they're turning around sticks and gates and, uh, and it's, it's very much more rigid and they're riding up the chairlift and they, they see uh, kids hitting little jumps on the side. And, and it's like, Oh man, that looks like that's more fun. And, and so it's just, and, and I've seen it happen with many kids. It's, it's just a group of kids that, are skiing together and it's the one upmanship of, Hey, check this out. You know, I bet you can't do this. And there's someone that says, Oh yeah, well check this. And you're just out doing one another. And, and that's the, the sense of community of, of building on what the last person did. 
like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this uh, helicopter, and and then someone says, oh, I'm gonna throw a helicopter, and I'll, I'll throw a spread eagle in the middle, and then it's uh, well, I'll throw a helicopter, a spread eagle, and then another helicopter, you know, and and so it's ever expanding, and and really, it's an individual as much as alpine skiing and racing is individual. There's the constraints of of that course. Freestyle skiing, I think, has a, a bit more uh, individual expression. You know, you can pick the tricks that you want to do. You can. It's more open to actual athlete interpretation. Well, basically, uh, Yellowstone Club is a private ski and mountain community in Big Sky, Montana. We have a, an 18-hole championship golf course, and and really the differentiator from any country club or private club in the United States or the world is 2,900 acres of uh, northern Rocky Mountain ski skiing terrain. And it, it varies from just incredible cruising blue and green runs to really steep world-class couloirs and chutes uh, off of uh, a ridgeline that is, uh, runs north and south, similar to what Bridger Bowl is. We have a, a full ski school. We put on uh, on-snow events, ski races. We have uh, weekly NASTAR races. We have children's program, both inside and outside. We've got a children's facility that inside that has a, a gymnasium. It's called 20 Below. Kids under 20. That has a, a theater, uh, a gym, a, a gaming room, climbing wall, arts and crafts room. And so it's the, you know, for kids, it's an unbelievable facility. Kids go down there while their parents do a little opera upstairs. The club itself is amazing. The scope and and the size of it, the size of it is 15,200 acres is the footprint. If I can be correct, I think that's uh, just around 24 square miles. So standing at one corner of the club, just the property looking to the other side, it's stunning. Um, and it, so it's down there in, in the Madison range, just underneath the view of Lone Peak and Big Sky Resort. We have an, an incredible staff and, and I have an extremely low turnover rate with that staff and, and the core group of people. In 2008, the club went into bankruptcy. At that time, I, I was a ski instructor primarily saw the the bankruptcy coming down through it and decided to take the GMAT and went back to got my MBA at University of Montana. As I was coming through graduating uh, that year, the club consolidated, came out of bankruptcy. Sam Byrne with Cross Harbor uh, out of Boston purchased the club. We came out of bankruptcy and they consolidated a bunch of departments and created the Outdoor Pursuits. And I'm very grateful to Sam Byrne and his team because Sam could have looked outside of out, outside of Southwest Montana, outside of the club, and, and gone anywhere he wanted, and you know, gone to Aspen or Vail or, or you know, Sun Valley, and said, "Hey," and tapped someone on the shoulder to come in and run the the ski school and the outdoor program. And he saw that the club, you know, we at the time we were broke we weren't broken. There was really a, a solid core group of people there that uh, really loved the club. It was unbelievable to, to think that I, I told Sam, I said, Sam, I want to create the world's greatest ski school and outdoor program. And he said, and why wouldn't you? 
and to have the have the opportunity to create something world class and, and and have the support of the people that you know are in charge is just an absolutely amazing opportunity. And I'm super grateful to have had that. And and it's been 11 years since I've been in in that role. As I said near the beginning, I, we started out in 2002 with eight full-time kind of instructor type people to now over 300. And I went, went back and said, you know, what are we, what are we really doing here at, at the club? You know, how, how are we serving our members and our guests and, and how are we serving our, our employees? And, and I started diving into some things and I, I ran across a, a book called the experience economy and basically pulled out of there the ideas of, you know, people are looking for experiences. People are, are looking for things that are, are not just a, a product or a service, but something that they can engage in. Mm-hmm. And so further into the, into the book, it went from the experience economy to the transformation economy. And in this chapter was like, this was, it, it really, it spoke to me even more. So it was basically going that next step from, from someone experienced something in the, their, ex, that experience being, being the product, basically like going to, uh, going to Disney world or eating at a rainforest cafe or, or some sort of themed, uh, restaurant mm-hmm. to the, uh, the transformation where the individual themselves is the product and, and they are continually coming back. And so I thought, well, the, what is the purpose of Yellowstone club outdoor pursuits? And as I whittled it down and I said, you know, the, the core of it is our purpose is to create transformational experiences. to create experiences that transform the lives of members and guests. And it's like, that is a huge purpose. And whether someone agrees with the concept of Yellowstone club or, or not, uh, you know, that it's a private mountain resort and it's exclusive and our members and guests are human beings. The, the fact that we have the, the opportunity to serve them and help them become better people is amazing. Especially when you think of, the wake that a lot of these folks carry behind them where they can influence hundreds, thousands, millions of people. And so we're the ones that if, if we're on the mountain and we're sharing with them how to maybe make a, a better turn or they see a different perspective of, of something, or you know, if they're a blue green skier and they're able to make the uh, transition and progression into being skiing off the ridge, now they're a black run skier. And they, they can, they can walk into the bar, you know, they can walk into their social group, you know, and like puff up the chest and be like, Hey, I'm a rich skier now. You know, that's a transformation. That's cool stuff. And when you think of, you know, the, the influence that they have and, and they can, you know, you can change someone's mind by getting them outside. And, and, and also in the summertime, you know, we, I work closely with Rick Gratz, uh, who's a professor at university of Montana and he's a, a ecosystems um, expert and does a lot of stuff with greater Yellowstone ecosystem and, and crown of the continent. And so Rick's over the years, Rick has put together 
basically kind of master level courses, you know, for my team to help educate my summer staff in about the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. So now in summertime, when we're on a hike or a mountain bike ride, or we can educate our members and guests about how beautiful and unique the greater Yellowstone ecosystem is uh, within, you know, not just, oh yeah, in the Rocky Mountains, but globally, like this, you know, this really intact ecosystem and, and what a beautiful thing it is to have it here. And the fact that these members, they may have bought their place as a ski getaway, but now they're seeing it in a different light when they come out in the summer and then making connections to not just Yellowstone Club inside the gate, but being a part of greater Yellowstone ecosystem, being a part of the community of Southwest Montana and, and how that impacts, you know, economically the, you know, the, the jobs, the anything from construction to uh, goods and services and, and restaurants. And over the years, I mean, when you look at the economic driver of the Yellowstone club, um, it, it is, uh, is huge as a, as a player here in, in, in all of Montana. We are a very tight knit group with our outdoor pursuits team, even though there's you know, 300 of us, but I, I see us as a club within the club. And as, as much as I, I talked about the purpose of creating transformational experiences uh, for the serving the members and guests, I look at what my role is and my leadership's team role is to help create these transformational experiences for our employees with mentoring and training and opportunities uh, for them to grow and be who they are in the context of being at the club and, and really being an active part of the club community and, and encouraging the, the relationships between the members and the guests. Texas A&M has a saying um, that I, I really think that holds true for the Yellowstone Club. Uh, and it goes something like, from the outside looking in, you can't understand it. From the inside looking out, you can't explain it. So it's, it's really such a unique place and concept that uh, to get the full uh, effect of it, you have to you have to actually be there and experience. I mean, we we could talk all day, and it's it just it doesn't seem real. I drive every time I drive through the gate, I, I still I get that feeling that I got the first day. It, it's it's exciting, and I, I feel blessed to to be here in Southwest Montana and to be in the ski industry, and then be able to drive through that gate every day for work. I'd say that the best thing about the Yellowstone Club is the people. Uh, it's the people that we serve and the people that, that I serve with. And then from there, uh, I'll go to the skiing is world-class off the charts. And you, can't beat, you cannot beat the scenery up there. Having slopes that are uncrowded, it's just a, another bonus. Come back to thelastbestski.com to get the scoop on skiing Southwest Montana Yellowstone region. Until next time, happy trails.